Heavenly Father, I just ask that you would um, meet us where we are this morning, uh, that you would bless us with your spirit, uh, that you would encourage us uh, with your gospel, and uh, our Lord, that you would be glorified in this. I do. Um, I lift up uh, each of us as parents, each of us uh, as your children. Uh, let me pray for each of our children. Uh, Lord, that they would be your children. We ask, Lord, for your spirit to be in this time. And I ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Um, I said we're going to start over because we started at 9.15 with uh, just three of us because I thought it started at 9.15 and it was really small. And then people started coming in and it was great. So um, uh, just, so I'm going to, they've, they've heard a couple of my caveats. I have mm-hmm. a lot of caveats uh, when I teach a parenting class. And, and that is, um, that I'm not, a, you know, I'm not a parenting expert by any means. I, I'm a, uh, I'm a dad and um, and a Bible teacher, and so that's kind of what I can offer you uh, this morning. My my children are, um, Caroline is is nine. She's in third grade, and Thomas is six. He's in kindergarten. They're at Bestavia East, and Luke is three and a half, and he is everywhere. Um, and my wife is Amy. And you'll get to know them. Uh, if you don't already, you'll get to know them uh, a little bit this morning, uh, I'm sure. Um, but I'm not, a, I'm not a counselor. I'm not a PhD. Uh, I'm not a developmental psychologist. Uh, I'm, just, I'm just a dad. But I, I've, thought, I've read some stuff on parenting. I've thought about it, and I've um, taught about it a little bit. But, but pretty much all of my teaching is, is, is anecdotal and uh, goes back to uh, the gospel. And we'll talk about that. Um, uh, all of all of my kids uh, provide um, endless amounts of frustration uh, to me. Uh, it is uh, wonderful joy, uh, but you know they're kids, and uh, in, in particular, one uh, really uh, knows how to how to pull the strings and jump up and down. Uh, I will try not to um, to give too much away about that. I try to protect my my kids, but you'll probably figure out which one it is, and just love love my children anyway. Um, I am. I, um, um, uh, I, uh, Amy and I often feel um, really frustrated uh, as parents. We feel defeated. Uh, we feel angry. And, I, and in this one, I can't really speak for Amy, but I, um, I sometimes even feel vengeful. Um, I, I want to get them back, you know, and I want to, um, uh, you know, there's sometimes where I feel like, and I hope I'm not uh, speaking too um, indelicately, but I, 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 I really feel like I wish there would be no consequences. Like if I could just... Uh, if, if it wouldn't hurt my child and there would be no sort of long-term emotional damage, if I could just throw that child out the window, um, that would be great. And then and there would be no, you know, it wouldn't cost a lot to get the window repaired. And, and um, if there could be no, con- I just feel, I just want to get them back sometimes. And and I I hope that uh, some of you are horrified, but many of you, I hope, are, are encouraged. Um, um, I, uh, so I, I, this is not a class on, on seven tips for successful parenting. Um, or how to raise a happy child. I can't. I can't. Um, I haven't raised children all the way yet, and um, sometimes my kids are happy, and sometimes they are not happy. Um, and I, um, I can't even. I can't teach a class on how to ensure that your kids are Christians. Um, I, um, because, and we'll and we'll talk about that as well. But I, I can lift up some biblical truths uh, to you, and um, and. And hopefully those will be just be sort of a lens through which we uh, can approach parenting. And I hope that you find it uh, helpful. And I will share some stories along the way that um, will just I hope you know encourage you that you're you're not alone. Um, because I think pretty much every parent uh, feels um, defeated at some point on some level most of the time. Um, and and I, I certainly do. Uh, I think parenting is the hardest thing uh, that I do. Um, people say, you know, oh, you're a minister. I just don't know how you do that job. I mean, that is cake compared to to being a, a parent. And so, um, I, I just know, I know I'm with you. I know how how difficult uh, it is. Uh, I do want to say that we have a couple more parenting events coming up, and um, and uh, I just want to let you know what those are and when those are. Uh, we have a great Lenten preacher coming in, and her name is Elise Fitzpatrick, and she'll be here preaching in the Lenten series on Monday, uh, March 10th, and Tuesday, March 11th, Um, but we're going to have a couple more events uh, with her. She's preaching uh, at at the noonday service, and so I I imagine she'll just 
preach. I mean, she, she's a she's a Bible teacher too, and she'll she'll just preach from the Bible. But she's at, she's going to specifically talk about parenting at the Beeson Chapel on Monday night from seven to nine. Be a little bit of worship time, um, maybe a little Q and A. But she's going to her topic is, is called "What Makes Christian Parenting Christian," which I think is is a compelling topic. Um, a lot of that is going to be material out of a book she wrote that is in our bookstore that I have read called "Give Them Grace." And it is the best explanation that I've ever read of how the gospel of God's grace to us um, intersects and informs uh, the uh, sort of the laws of parenting. So uh, I really commend that to you. And then Tuesday morning, we'll have a more informal time here at Cranmer House with her, uh, really just for moms of the Advent. If you're not an Advent mom, that's okay. We'll, we're not going to kick anybody out, but uh, we're, we'd love to have you. But um, that's going to be, I think it's at 930 um, I'd have to double check, but it'll all, it'll all be on the website. But just uh, commend those to you as as opportunities. The the certainly the one on um, on uh, Monday night is not just for moms, moms and dads and grandparents and prospective parents. It's just a it'll be a great thing, and that's the um, Hodges Chapel at Beeson. Um, so the title of the class is "Am I the Helicopter Parent or the Permissive uh, Parent?" Uh, I'm, I'm not going to try to diagnose you. I'm not going to give a, a list uh, of those things. Um, but the subtitle uh, really gets more to it. Uh, and what I feel like we can talk about is balancing trust and control in raising kids. If everybody could just turn off their cell phones, that would be. If anybody, um, just that would that would be that would be great. Um, so uh, no, yeah, I appreciate that. I, um, um, uh, balancing trust and control. In raising kids, so helicopter parents and permissive parents. Uh, I was I was given this title. I did a little research on. It. I have a hard time. I was telling somebody before. I have a very hard time even imagining what a permissive parent is because I am so far in, in uh, naturally in the other direction. A helicopter helicopter parent hovers over everything, uh, and a permissive parent doesn't hover over anything. Um, a helicopter. So some helicopter parents uh, hover. Uh, and this, the, the term was sort of coined in the late 60s, but has just sort of come in vogue as um, as parents uh, have been trying to shelter their children from any potential harm or undoing that they might face, any suffering. Uh, this particularly is the case when um, uh, parents ca- uh, call their college-age students to wake them up in time for class, um, or they call their professors uh, to chew them out about bad grades uh, rather than chewing out the child and making the child take responsibility. And so those have been the terms um, sort of associated with helicopter parents. Uh, but um, but it, it, it doesn't stop there. Helicopter parents, I think also, um, I, at least for me particularly, I, I tend to, I don't try to um, end, you know, or shelter my children from suffering. I try to make sure that they are never out of line, that they're, you know, always, you know, doing the right thing, that they're uh, facing, you know, having good manners and, and not being too loud. And um, and that is a lot of my frustration. So um, um, so that so the helicopter parents hover, permissive parents don't hover. Helicopter uh, parents don't really have a lot of trust uh, in their kids, and therefore they uh, exhibit sort of unhealthy, um, endless sort of control. They try to prevent their kids from suffering harm or um, or embar- embarrassing the family or, or whatever it is. But permissive parents have sort of an unhealthy, um, endless trust in their kids. And so um, so where helicopter parents don't trust their kids, uh, uh, permissive parents sort of o- overly trust their kids and, um, and their kids' ability to just sort of raise themselves and turn out uh, okay. They don't exercise authority over anything. Helicopter parents are constantly stressed out. Uh, permissive parents aren't stressed out enough, you know. So, um, uh, much more of a friend than an authoritarian. And and so, um, so the question is, or at least at least the um, so intuitive question from the title of this class is, where's the balance? Where's the balance? And the and I would say that the answer probably isn't found right between the two. Um, it's not. Uh, the answer isn't even knowing when to be a helicopter and when to be permissive, um, but uh, if, if you've been around my teaching or really around the teaching of Advent, it's not going to come as a surprise to you that, that I would say that the, the answer comes not in um, seeking the right balance in there, but the answer comes from the gospel. And um, we're going we're gonna to get to the gospel uh, in a minute but um, and sort of define that and, and sort of work, work into that. 
Um, but one thing that I have, uh, as, a, as a parent, as one who's thought about parenting and read about parenting, and then just the one who, who lives it, um, is that I, I really think that parenting is much more about the parent than about the child. Um, it is, uh, it, that is, when I am the one who is governing my own actions and reactions and emotions in a situation, rather than my child. Do you, have you experienced that? Like I, there, um, one of my children particularly knows how to govern my actions and reactions and pull the particular strings. And, um, and, and when I walk in and I'm the one who's in control of those things and I'm sort of at peace with myself and um, I am much more flexible um, in my ability to, and by that I don't mean flexible with the rules, but flexible in my ability to uh, think creatively about a, a proper discipline, or to help them um, uh, help them with a solve a problem. But if they're screaming and I react by screaming back, uh, they're in control, and I and I I'm not the one who's governing. And that is much more what I found um, much more about th- about me than it is about them. Another way to think about that is that a child um, is going to expose pretty much any chink in the armor. Any chink in, in your armor, a child's going to expose it. Any and every uh, insecurity, uh, any and every uh, lack of confidence, any fear uh, that you have, at some point, uh, one of your children, or maybe they'll gang up on you, um, they, they're going to expose the chinks in the armor. And what, for a long time, um, my and still to some degree, my natural default is to try very hard to make them stop um, exposing the chinks in my armor. And so stop doing the thing that makes me feel insecure. Stop doing the thing that, um, that makes me afraid of what other people are thinking of me. And, and there are certainly um, many, many times where we need to correct their behavior or those things. But, but, but ultimately, um, it, it results in that form of helicopter parenting where I'm just constantly over uh, them about their manners, about their behavior. And, um, and then sometimes what it, it leads to a, a dramatic swing uh, to permissive parenting, where I'm just completely my helicopter, helicopter, helicopter. I run out of gas. Okay, fine, just do whatever you want. I don't, if you, maybe you've been there. You've heard, you, your next door neighbor is just like that. I know, and um, and you see them do that all the time in judgment. But um, the uh, so 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 in despair, we just kind of let that up. But but I what I have come to believe, and I'm I'm not at all saying this is what I always do. But what I uh, um, what I've kind of believe in and try to do now is that that um that I I try to work on the chinks in my armor much more than I work on the chinks in my children. Um, and so sure they have bad manners they're they're kids and um, not to say we need to be permissive about that but I am much more um, able to help them in um, if I am not um, if I'm working on myself and. Um, I was telling that we had a group at seven, and I thought, I mean, I can't tell you how many times I have caught myself saying, "Caroline, stop whining." <laughs> I mean, <laughs> oh, geez, like what kind of? I mean, that is, she hears the words, but she sees the actions and hears the tone. And, okay, I'll whatever. I mean, how how do we um, how do we stop? How do, how do we work on the chinks in our armor? How do we um, do we say we wake up and we say today? I am going to have the fruit of the Spirit. By golly, I'm going to be I'm going to have love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and scotch and self-control. And um and I um But then the kids wake up. Right. That's right. That's right. That's right. And then then the alarm goes off and you're like, oh, that was just a, a dream. I mean, are you gonna say are you, I mean like are you gonna just kind of control your environment today? I'm gonna get you know three loads of laundry, I'm gonna have supper prep before uh, school gets out, and I'm gonna you know, get my workout in, and, and and the um, and it is, I mean, just and and if if you are a single parent or if you're a working parent, I mean, just, I mean, add, add it on. I mean, holy cow, how can you, how how do you do it? Um, and and it's just all we can do to survive, and and get to the next day. Um, and and what I would say is that, um, and in fact. I mean, if you heard my sermon on Sunday, you may not have because it was race day. But um, but if you heard my um, sermon on Sunday, what I said was that Christian maturity is not um, an advancement beyond the gospel. Okay, I, I understand Jesus died for my sins. Now what do I do? 
and but Christian maturity is actually a return to the gospel. Um, to uh, it is a stripping away of everything we hold on to in addition to the gospel. So, um, what is the gospel? Like that's 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 where we need to start as as parents. Um, and it's sort of counterintuitive because we think, well, that's my that's that's my religious life, that's my faith life, and I just got to get my kids to school on time and hopefully to bed before nine o'clock. I, um, but but actually, it, it I, it's all integrated. So what what is the gospel? Somebody gun to your head. What's the gospel? Twenty words or less. Somebody. No, just the gospel. Just. What is the gospel? Not on child rearing, just in your Christian faith. What is the gospel? That, that God gave His Son for our sins. That's it. That's it. Now that's an easy thing to say, but it has. I mean, part of. I mean, so returning to that, what we see is how how it has dramatic, dramatic implications for our life. And what I want to do is um, look at Romans 5, uh, 1 through 6. If you have a Bible, if you have it on your phone, it might be helpful to, um, to take a look. Um, uh, yeah, there's, there's Bibles here. You can welcome to get up and get one. I'm going to read it. Um, you can listen. You can, um, like I said, get on your phones. Romans 5, 1 through 6. Again, don't be shy at all about getting up and getting a Bible if you want. I'll just put some on the table. Um, You might want want one. Um, so Romans five one and six, and so Paul has been writing to the to the Roman church because he wants to establish uh, a new home base, and um, he did not start the Roman church, uh, and he wants to establish uh, a new home base. So he's making his case. Um, to them, and the reason he wants a new home base is he wants to go further west. He wants to go to Spain. Well, he never made it to Spain. He never actually made it past Rome. Um, but that's but he's making his case to our great um, benefit. And what he has said, you remember Romans one and two, in the beginning of chapter three, where he sort of demolishes uh, us all and says that um, that we are all sinners, uh, Jews, Gentiles. None of us lives up to God's standard. Uh, we are all standing judgment uh, before Him according to the law, and uh, then, uh, but we are made righteous not by the law, no longer by the law, but by uh, grace through faith. Uh, Jesus has taken that judgment upon Himself, so it's God's own judgment. Um, God takes His judgment upon Himself uh, in the person of Jesus Christ on the cross. And it rose to new life, and um, he says. And then he says, "This is not new. This is um, this is what we saw in the life of Abraham. That Abraham believed the Lord, and it was credited to him as righteousness." And he spends most of chapter four talking about Abraham, and then we get to um, chapter five, where Paul says, "Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, that is, since everything, given everything I have just said." That we have been justified, that is, that we have been declared righteous, not because we are righteous, but because God has said uh, that it is so based on His righteousness. Since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. And if we can just focus on that as moms and dads, we have peace. We have peace, and our peace is with God through Jesus Christ, which means we are not fighting uh, a cosmic battle anymore because the battle has been fought on our behalf. Um, we have, and you think, well, okay, but you know that's not doing the laundry and it's not doing homework. But um, but there is well, what it means is that is that your standing before God doesn't depend on your child's behavior or your child's reaction to you in the moment um, or your uh, child's uh, your teenage child's uh, grave mistake or their lack of dis- none of none of your child's your child's behavior doesn't have anything to do with your standing before God and your action as a parent because you're going to make mistakes you're going to sometimes you'll make really bad mistakes uh, as a parent and sometimes you'll do really really great things um, as a parent and and none of those things good or bad determines your standing before God um, you have peace with the wisest most wonderful most beautiful uh, most uh, loving, most all-knowing uh, being that there is who made you to love you. Uh, you have peace with God 
through Jesus Christ. And so, no matter what it feels like when you're in the midst of a battle with your kid, you're you're not under the judgment of God. You you know you're not. Our, our actions have consequences, but it is not God getting you back or God taking it out on you or anything like that. So, um, so that that is incredibly important uh, for us to believe and understand uh, that um, that God is with us and that He is for us and that He loves us and it is not based on our success uh, as a parent or our or our child children's success as a student, as an athlete, as a contributor to society, as a ballerina or anything, uh, that we are known and loved uh, by, by God. Also very important to remember is that our children are not, their standing before God is not based on their behavior. Their standing before God and how God loves them is not based on how they act in public or what mistakes they make as a child or as a teenager. Um, what uh, I mean, again, actions have consequences, but but God, uh, their standing before God is just like your standing before God, and that is it is t- dependent completely upon the righteousness of Jesus Christ and His call to them upon their lives. And so what that does for us, if it's all grace, and all, us and our kids, if, 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 um, if it's totally dependent upon His call, upon everybody's life, then it takes the pressure off of us in really important and practical ways. Um, what, well, I mean, before I le- lecture you and give you, what are some ways that you can think of if your child's uh, um, standing before God um, isn't dependent upon their behavior, and your standing before God isn't dependent upon their behavior? How does that how does that relieve you? I mean, how, how, I mean, you can speak uh, theoretically about your next door neighbor is fine with me, but how? Um, how to, how, what what might be a, a I'm just asked for discussion. I mean, how, what might be a practical implication of that for you? Well, if you're not concerned about this world, mm-hmm. then it takes away the pressure of expectation of what you're supposed to live up to, what right. children are supposed to live up to. So it frees you up to be the parent God intends for you to be, and frees your child up to grow into the person that they're intended to be. Right. Well, you know, I have recently started I'm reading the Bible from beginning to end. Yeah, good. Mm-hmm. I'm in Isaiah. But, you know, if you, if you look at it through the lens of God is a father, mm-hmm. and oh, how frustrated he must be with, you know, his chosen people who turn against him and come back, turn against him. I'm like, that's like my children, you know, occasionally they're good. And they, mm-hmm. So I look at it through, you know, how God reacts to when his children... We all are mm-hmm. to their you know, things that they do, and you know, he always comes back, and, and he always forgives, and there's always love. And I'm like, you know, this is going to end well, regardless, because I mean, it's in the Bible, and God is our Father. Mm-hmm. You like His teachings, and how can you go wrong? That's right. I mean, if he's if if the gospel is true, and he's really sovereign over our life, then he can take our failures and successes, and somehow turn those into glory. And I, I, that's one of my favorite. It's one of the things I understand the least about God, and one of my favorite things about God is that is that He somehow makes terrible things glorious. I mean, look at your own life. And I and I'm only speaking. It's not because I know you in, in your life. It's because I know. People. In fact, I, I live with some people, and I, um, um, I, uh, but look at the things in your life that you wish that you hadn't done, or that you wish hadn't happened to you, um, or that maybe, maybe you're kind of glad you did them, but you don't want anybody else to find out you did. You know, whatever it is, um, like, and and here you are, 
and you are a maybe I mean you you're a mess you know you know you're a mess but uh, but at the same time you're you're a Christian you are a productive member of society you are um, doing your best and you um, love your kids and you know like like your kids failures and their mistakes isn't the last word over you or over them and and in the way it works in Christianity suffering comes before glory I mean, that's just how it happens. That's how it works in Christianity. It's upside down from the world. We do everything we can to avoid suffering. Uh, we insulate ourselves from suffering. Um, that's why helicopter parents are helicopter parents, is to, is to keep their children from suffering. How is character produced? Through suffering. And this is what this says, that, that we rejoice in our suffering. It's not because we love to suffer, but because we know that God, who has <laughs> suffered himself and suffered on our behalf, is working in the suffering to produce endurance, and then endurance to produce character, and character to point us to the coming um, hope of glory. And so it's all forward-looking. It's all with great expectation uh, that um, that God is is way better, way more good than we are, way wiser than we are, way more able to take uh, the good and the bad and ball it all up and, and give himself glory. I mean, that's why all things work to the good of those who love the Lord is because that God is, is working in those things. This is why um, if you, um, you know, if someone had a, a, a child as a, as a teenager and gave that child up for adoption and went on to you know, live their life, they are uniquely positioned, you may wish that didn't happen, but you're, they're uniquely positioned to minister to people in that situation. Or, you know, it's why AA is so successful, because alcoholics stay sober by helping other al- alcoholics stay sober. Um, it's, you know, it's not 100%, but it, it is much more effective. God uses uh, our sufferings and our weakness and our downfall uh, for His glory and for our good. And, um, and it, is, it is a dramatic and wonderful thing. So when you make a mistake as a parent, that doesn't screw your kid up forever. When, you, um, when you, uh, your child makes a mistake, they have not ruined their life. That is not the last word over them because God is, um, because God is working uh, in them and through them. If your child, in their sort of teenage rebellion or in their collegiate sort of you know, know-it-all intellect renounces God. That is not the final word uh, over them. Um, that God is still working uh, around them and in them. Um, we need to pray. We need to pray for our kids. Um, and so, you know, I don't really, I, it's hard for me to understand and, and, um, and, and articulate how God doesn't need us to manage our children and yet, uh, I mean, like to be sovereign over their lives. And yet we need to pray for our kids. Like, I don't really know how, you know, I mean, like, but somehow that that's really important is to pray for your kids. Um, but the most important thing you can do for your kids and for your kids' health and for their faith is to pursue the Lord. Oh, my goodness. Look at that. Oh, man. That is bad news. Yeah. No, that is... Um, my nephew, yeah, my nephew FaceTiming me. What? You're in school. Um, um, that's hilarious. Um, yeah, yes. It's also important not only to pray for your kids, but to have your kids see you pray. Yeah, absolutely. That's it. If you're if you're pursuing the Lord for uh, for the Lord, um, it is very. Um, uh, your kids will see that. And what I often say is that kids need to be invited into what you love. And they will love what you love if they love you. And so just invite them along. If you go to a small group Bible study, just you know, you ask them how their day was in, uh, at school and then tell them about your day. Well, today we studied about the fruits of the Spirit or whatever it is that you uh, studied. We studied Isaiah. Today I was reading this morning Isaiah. Well, that's scary and crazy and I don't understand it, but it was, it was great, you know, and um, so just invite them into, into those things, but but don't don't make it stop with Christianity. You know, if you love to run, you know, invite them on a little run, or if you love to camp or fish or sew or whatever it is that you like to do, then then um, then invite them into that and just let them be part of your life. But let let them see that Christianity is a part of your life. But the best thing that you can do is to pursue the Lord for the Lord.
not so that the Lord makes your life better. Um, and you know, if you're if you're going to either not pursue the Lord or pursue the Lord so He makes your life better, then then do that. But but you'll learn eventually that just to pursue the Lord for the Lord, uh, because because He's still working in you. Like you're not done. I mean, being a parent is one of the ways that he, that He works in us the most and to saw off the rough, the rough edges. Um, he is uh, He is still working in us, and 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 He's going to do that. And so. Let your kids see that too. Let your kids, I mean, apologize to your kids. Pray with your kids as you confess your, your mistake. I mean, golly, I, my kids, <laughs> I've apologized to my kids a lot. Um, you know, gosh, I really probably shouldn't have spanked you in that situation. Well, thanks a lot, Dad. You know, but um, the, uh, but, you know, and just saying, I'm, I'm sorry. You know, I, I, I acted, and I've, I've put myself in time out, you know, for, for them before, but, um, but let, yeah, you're absolutely right, Lee. Just I mean, to let them see you pursuing uh, the Lord. Um, but, but you know, as as it, I mean, that's the gospel. It doesn't. It's not you saying, okay, today I'm going to be loving, even to honor the Lord. It's it's confessing that we're not loving, confessing that we are angry, confess, you know, con- just confessing our sin, uh, that we need a Savior, and allowing Him to just lead us and guide us. And so embracing really our weakness. And that's again. I mean, the the economy of God is upside down. It's not. It's somehow in our weakness we're made strong, uh, because it's His strength working uh, in us. Um, so, and that's how we work on the kinks, uh, the chinks in our armor, uh, is to um, admit our weakness, to admit that they're there, and ask God to fill in the gaps, and continually and repeatedly returning uh, to that um, to the gospel message uh, for us. And I also always recommend, I think it's critically important to have a group of Christian friends around you who are praying for you. It could be just one Christian friend or it could be you know, a small group, but somebody that you're sharing uh, your life with. Not just studying Scripture, and, and then, um, which is important, but not just studying Scripture and praying for my Aunt May, but, uh, but actually saying, I'm really struggling with uh, you know my middle child right now, and just really, you know, I need you to partner with me in prayer for him. Uh, that's and also that's what godparents are for. I mean, I constantly am calling my kids godparents and saying, "All right, I signed you up to pray, so I need you to pray." And uh, and that's a really, I mean, that's what they're supposed to do. So so you should not feel any embarrassment about that. Um, the uh, but but having a, a community around you that you can be vulnerable with that's well done I think in small groups with couples but it's even better done um, in sort of same gender relationships men need men and women need women just to come around two or three or four women just uh, sort of prayer partners email text just keeping each other in the loop and praying for each other um, that's, that's really important um, now uh, you know I give this sort of caveat all you got is all you got um, and we can't, you know, some of you are married and some of you are not. Some of you are remarried, and, and that's what you got. But the first relationship uh, the, uh, that we need to allow the gospel to impact in our life is, is in our marriage. Now, if you're not married, then, then God is sovereign. God's gonna, so it's not the end of the world. I'm not saying that, and I don't want to feel anybody to feel uh, judged in that. But, but if, you, if we are married, then the environment that our kids swim in and the grace and forgiveness that they see in our marriage um, is that will fold into how they perceive life to operate. And so it is way more important uh, if you're a strict parent for them to see grace uh, and forgiveness in your marriage. That's that's incredibly important. Uh, and for them to see that your faith actually impacts the way you live your life in your marriage. Um, that's really important. If you're divorced, I mean, how powerful is it if they see grace and forgiveness and, and cooperation and kindness uh, to your to your ex to, to their mom or dad? I mean, to, to your ex spouse, and that's really important as well. Um, so that they see, I mean, kids are leaving the church in droves because they see hypocrisy in the church, but it's not because they see hypocrisy in the church. It's because they see hypocrisy in their family that they get dragged to church, and it, it doesn't matter. Their faith doesn't matter the other 167 hours out of the week. And so if they begin to see that, that actually our, we're pursuing the Lord for the Lord and our, and our faith impacts how we live our life and the relationships we have, especially with um, our spouse then, and then into them, 
then that is that is powerful and it it will you may not see it in the moment with your kids but as they grow and mature and become adults it will have its impact we're praying for our children I always try to remind myself, and I hope to God it is, is true, but, the, um, but I really believe that the, the, the reaction I get from my children right now is not the long-term impact that, it, that that situation has on them. Um, and what I mean by that is, um, uh, for instance, I, um, I, I can give you countless stories, but one, one that, um, that comes to mind is that I, um, that I had... Uh, one child hurt the other child on accident, and um, and the child that committed the 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 act made it all about them, um, screaming, "Oh my gosh, how could you how could you ask me to apologize?" You know, saying that they're gonna run away, and um, and I just want to be like fine, just go. Like, I'm not, you know, like, I'm not stopping you from leaving this house. Um, and, um, yeah, well, there'd been some break-ins in our neighborhood, and, and I just thought, you know, I don't know, it's getting dark, and, um, yeah, I, uh, well, this, this child would have, this child would have gone. I mean, they, you know, like, and, and I just thought, you know, probably the 1% risk just, Outweighs the 99% you know, chance of, of that child coming back, but um, I just thought. So I so I so I just stood in in the street and I just I'm like, okay, Lord, I want I want to give this child a spanking of their life. I want to uh, let them go. I I um, I'm so angry right now because I've got a child who's hurt. That Amy Amy was taking care of the other child, um, and I can't believe this child is making it all about this child. I'm sitting there in the middle of the road, just kind of going like this, and, and the child yells, "You can stand there all you want. I'm not coming home." And um, I just, and um, I just, I mean, I just, I was just praying, and I just said, "Okay, Lord, I, I just need for you to, to, to act through, through me right now." And I just say go to your room, and that child like I don't for whatever it was that that child knew I was serious, and um, and so I just tried to really really be be calm in the moment, and I need to tell you that nothing really changed in that moment with with that child. Um, it ended okay because things calmed down, but it wasn't great in the moment. And what what I'm holding on to is that the the, the consistency and the, and the the love that my children feel is what speaks to them far more than the reaction I get in the moment. And so when they when they grow, I mean, we're aiming for adulthood. We're aiming for independence. Um, and and so when when I don't get the reaction that I Oh my gosh! I'm, you know, this this sort of repentant. I'm so sorry, Dad. I really made a mistake. Um, I can really see my, the errors of my ways, and I throw myself for your mercy. I mean, they, they're not. Um, I'm not getting that reaction. Um, I I just have to trust that the Lord is going to use it, um, and that it is going to be a part of who they are down the road. Um, an, another instance where. I was really grateful that it happened the way it happened. Um, we, we were recently given a, a table, a very, very fine table from um, some, some family, and, and it was very important to me. And I was very, just so pleased with this, this table. And, um, and I came home from, from work, and, and uh, Amy kind of had the eyes like, um, she's, and, she's, and I'll just say who it is. She said, uh, Thomas has, has something he needs to tell you. Well, Thomas had accidentally scraped a little bit in the um, in the table with a, a pencil or something, but thought, "Huh, that's kind of neat," and and then very intentionally made made scrapes uh, in the in the table. Um, and I'm really glad it didn't happen in the moment because I I might have really been angry. But but he worried all afternoon about how I was going to react. And and I saw it, and I just 
I just had to step back because I thought, you know, this is not, I, my reaction is about me, not about him. And I just thank the Lord that in that moment I had that clarity. But I, and I just said my prayers, like, do I need to just wear him out? Do I need to take away, you know, TV for a week? Do I need, what, what do I need to do? And I just, I just felt like the Lord said, you need to forgive him. And, and, because he already knew, like, like he already knew how, what he had done had was going to disappoint me. And so I took him in there, and he didn't know what was going to happen. And I said, do you understand what you've done? And he said, yes. And I got him to explain. He's six, but I got him to explain in a six-year-old way how, um, you know, how what he had done was, uh, and why what he had done was, was hurtful to me. And um, I said, I forgive you. And that was that was the end of it. And he could like he just couldn't under like he, he that wasn't what he expected. Now the reason it wasn't what he expected is because I had given him punishment about a lot of other things. I mean, so it's not I'm not in any way advocating um, that we just don't have any rules or that there's not any consequences, but that we pick really um, opportune times because discipline is about education, not about vengeance. And and it's hard for me to remember sometimes, but in that moment I was able to to do that. Um, our ch- for our children, like I said, it's far more about the environment they swim in uh, than about uh, the words that we say. The words we say is important, but if they live in an environment of graciousness and forgiveness, coming from you, and from they see that in your in your uh, with their their other parent, then that's that's far more impactful than you telling them to say they're sorry. Um, it's, it's sort of folded uh, into their view of the world. Um, but then how do we approach our children? And like someone, uh, I think, said, I mean, if the gospel is true about us and our salvation is complete, then do we need our kids to be, do we need our kids to be stars? Do we need, because a lot of times our, we put that on our our kids, they're stars, and, and whatever, they're athletes or they're really well-mannered or they're really smart or however it is, that we actually, um, the, it's not really, we're not really so much concerned with our standing before God but are standing before our friends. Um, and we might say that we're concerned with our children standing and how they're position, positioning themselves. But do you remember the, the story where um, the lawyer came up to Jesus and said, and Jesus, what is, what is the most important law? And, and do you remember what Jesus said? He said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbors yourself. And and what if, what if the... Um, what if the lawyer said, no, 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 I'm, I'm sorry. I, what I meant was, what is the most important thing for our kids to get from us? Do you think Jesus was at, oh, oh, well, in that guy, you need, they need to be star students. They need to um, really be great at piano. They need to be, uh, have extracurriculars. They need to uh, have really good manners. Um, no, he would have said, uh, no, they need to love the Lord their God with all their heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love their neighbors herself. Again, that is... How our kids love the Lord is um, is dependent upon His call on their life, and yet um, and yet what we can do is to instill faith in them as normative, um, because they see it in us, uh, and as um, and as gracious, because God is not this sort of um, police officer uh, in the sky waiting for them to mess up, uh, but they see in us forgiveness, and that is they they sort of make this jump. That, that God is like that because they experience God um, and His authority through their parents most concretely when they're little. Um, if we, if our kids never feel like we need them to be great, then they're much more likely to be great. Um, and it's hard to wa- aim towards greatness without needing them to be great. By, by not needing, it. you know, like that's, that's that's a hard thing, but that's that's part of pursuing the Lord for the Lord. Um, we tire a lot of our identity and our own self-esteem uh, in the behavior and the approval rating of our six-year-olds or our sixteen-year-olds. And if the gospel is true, then we don't need that, and so we are free then to love them even when they are acting like idiots. Um, the question then is, do we entrust our children uh, to the Lord? Do we believe? that, well, we're going to actually have to let our kids fail this test because they're not being responsible and the Lord is going to somehow take that even if they don't get into their great college. Um, 
or he, the Lord is going to have, you know, we're going to allow our kids the disappointment of a breakup or of a, of, of a, of drug use or whatever it is. Like, I mean, not to say we're going to allow them to use drugs. That's not what I mean. But we're not going to go crazy when they make a teenage mistake because um, God is sovereign over our life and over their life. And so the gospel, the fact, this simple gospel message that Jesus Christ died for our sins does actually have dramatic and titanic consequences uh, in all of our lives, but including and especially perhaps our, our parenting and our family relationships. Um, that's basically the message I want to leave you with. Um, the, the pressure is not on you, which frees us to uh, love our kids. I mean, be, grace and parenting is not the absence of rules by any means. Our kids need rules. That's part of us loving them is giving them good boundaries. Grace and parenting is loving them when they break the rules. Because that's what, I mean, that's that's the whole essence of Christianity. We've broken the rules. We've not lived up to the standard that God has for us, and he loved us anyway. Um, so it is a, there is a balance of holding our kids accountable and um, and learning to let go. And that's a hard balance. But what a grace to know that Wherever you fall down on that, it's not going to screw your kids up because um, God's sovereign uh, over them. Uh, now, they may have something to tell their therapist later in life, but um, that's part of our job as parents, right, to give our kids something to tell their therapist. Um, the, um, the, uh, God is sovereign over their life. And uh, you know your parents probably weren't perfect Christian parents. And even if they were perfect Christian parents, their perfection turned out to be too much that you, more than you could live up to. And yet, here you are. And so God is sovereign over your life and he will the mistakes of your parents didn't ruin you. There may have been things that you had to get some help working through. That's a, that's you're human. Um, you know, we all we all grew up in dysfunctional families. And they're they're human families. But God is sovereign over uh, over our lives and over our children's lives. And that takes all the pressure off of us. Questions or, or thoughts or just, I mean, I don't, again, I'm not an expert. That's just, just my thoughts. What, um, was this raised for you? Well, I just thought to you, this might be helpful. Mm. Like your daughter's situation or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Was, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, it's, a, it's her. Don't tell anybody. You sound like um, a girl thing. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I've had to find myself, I just step back and I go, why are they doing this? Yeah. And it was probably because she was scared. She caused mm-hmm. this. So it, she was acting out not to irritate you, but she didn't know how to handle her own. She didn't know how to handle it. Yeah, that's right. So I tell my kids, look, accidents happen. Mm-hmm. You know, we talk through it. Because so, I know I get grumpy when I'm hungry or tired. Mm-hmm. My kids know that. Mm-hmm. And I have to stop and go, okay, baby, I'm sorry, but I'm hungry. And you mm-hmm. Yeah. So I have them try and figure out what's causing mm-hmm. it. I, I just, that has been so much easier for me to just reflect on, okay, why are they really doing this? Mm-hmm. Are they tired? Are they hungry? Are they upset? And they're not telling you what they're upset about. Yeah. I just think that it helps you step back. Yeah, mm-hmm. some folks seem to be really just automatically flexible. I'm I'm not. I have to step back. I mean, I have to take a few minutes. And I've that has um, nine years into being a parent, and I mean, that's that's within the last year or two. You know, learning learning that. So. Another thing I hate to yeah. Keep bringing it up. Um, I used to be embarrassed when my mother would pray. We were at a restaurant, mm-hmm. and she'd pray before we ate. And then one day I was like. Well, I don't want Jesus to be embarrassed of me. Mm. You know, I'm somewhere. Yeah. So now I'm teaching my kids that we bless our men no matter where we are. Because I think if we start younger, it'll just be natural. That's right. Yeah, they, they won't know. I mean, whatever, you know, you know, you remember this growing up. You, um, you whatever would happen in your house, like that was that was normal. You know, I, I'm, I can remember, look, I had some friends growing up with some really crazy names. You know, like they were just crazy names. And, um, but I didn't know that they were crazy names because they were just my friends, and I was I was a little kid, and it's kind of the same way. I mean, like your kid, your kid, like if you start early, like you, your kids don't know it's weird to read the Bible uh, before bed. That's just what you do. Now, if your kids are in middle school, I don't think it's weird. You have to work through that. But let's, I mean, you just all you got is all you got. So let's let's get going. Um, so that's that's um. So yeah, I think I think I think you're right. What else?
Yeah. I have, um, I, I'm, a, I'm a child, essentially. Mm-hmm. And so I have two children. Mm-hmm. And then I've got one who is my rule follower. Mm-hmm. You got your elder brother and you got your prodigal son. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and I have to really step back and uh-huh. deal with her. Yeah. She, and she's also a girl, so I mm-hmm. just, but she lies a mm-hmm. lot, and I really struggle with that How old? as a parent. She's um, eight. Yeah. Almost eight. Yeah. But right. she, and then of course I'm like late divorced, working mom, uh-huh. and it's just like I see my ex-husband in her. Uh-huh. And I'm just like, oh, yeah, resent, yeah, that's there right. There you are. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's, that's where it starts. Yeah. And so I struggle so much with the comparison thing. Uh-huh. Like, Your brother wouldn't do that. And then I'm like, yeah. oh, wait, that's years of therapy in the making. Well, yeah. But the lying thing, I struggle with so much as I know. Mm-hmm. I know she's lying. Yeah. <laughs> like stupid things like, did you brush your teeth? Well, your toothbrush is dry. <laughs> There's no right. way you brush your right. teeth. Right. But, to bigger issues. With. I mean, I, I, all I can tell you a little bit is is um, is my one really helpful tip is, is that that Amy has helped me with. My wife is that um, to ask the question is it is it defiant or is it childish? I mean, there's some of the, some of the times it's being childish and some of the times it's being defiant. Why does she need that control? Does she just want to come there. I don't have a lot of tips for that, but I know that what will help you love her through it. Is pursuing the Lord for the Lord, like so. It's it's, and I don't think it's the last word. I mean, I, some kids lie instinctively. I mean, they didn't. You didn't teach her that. Um, the uh, I think one thing to be real careful of in, in your in that situation is her seeing the resentment. That that's that's why I'm pursuing the Lord for the Lord and learning to learn, um, you know, to love the unlovable like we've been loved. Is um, is particularly important. I mean, that that is a concrete place to to apply that, uh, especially when you see someone in there with, with baggage. So it's 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 hard. It is definitely hard. But um, it's healthy to teach them to fear the Lord. Yeah. That works for me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> swallowed up all these people. Um, well, yeah, and just again, you trusting him with that and learning learning to balance. You know, his his love and his grace is hard hard for them to to marry. It's hard for us as adults to. To marry those, but I, I I don't think there's anything wrong with um with teaching the sort of fear of the Lord in addition to the love of the Lord, yeah, yeah. Um, I I, mm-hmm. I feel like what I got out of this mm-hmm. is um I have older children, teenagers, mm-hmm. and so the control is kind of going away that I have, mm-hmm. and I it makes me comforted to hear mm-hmm. this about God being. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but it still doesn't get them into college. <laughs> right. Right. Uh, yeah. I mean, and and gosh, I mean, I I don't have I don't have a great tip for that. You know, like I um um. But what I know is that that God loves them and that He's He's watching over them, and our expectations and dreams for them don't always match up to what God. The path God either chooses or uses. I mean, sometimes He chooses the path. Sometimes it looks like more He just uses the path that they went off on their own rebellion. Um, but, but yeah, it's um, you're right. No, I mean, and that's the thing. Like they've they've still got to get into college. But if they want to, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, we could talk more about it um, uh, off book. But just, um, I mean, they're they're, they're practical. The the question to step back and ask is. How does uh, how, how how much do I need them to get in co- into college or a particular college, and how much do they need it? You know, I mean, like you know, I, I mean, I, I understand vocation down the road and everything, and but I just the struggle is that mm-hmm. you have to trust in God mm-hmm. that, that He has a way for them. That's right. And that's what I'm. Yeah, it's. I mean, listen, I'm not. Uh, it's true. That it's not easy. Yeah. yeah. I think yeah. a tangible way to think about it is that God's not the grandparent. Yeah. Kind of look at him as the grandparent. We're yeah. the parent, that yeah. he's their parent too. Yeah. That's such a really good word. A huge help with that because we have one child that doesn't care about. He does care about school, but seemingly he doesn't care about school. And I'm, and as a mother of three boys, I'm thinking they're going to have to support a family one day. Yeah. And so I'm like, yeah. what about college? And my husband's like, 
what about college? If you don't go, you don't go. Mm. That's you know, and he's teaching me to let them fail and to let God use mm-hmm. them, yeah. and that's a huge relief. And mm-hmm. and then I have to think too. Well, next year if if we have a mm-hmm. little, you know, sword and shield newspaper, you know, where is he going to college? Undecided. Then we have. It's not about my ego. It's yeah. about mm-hmm. him. And you know what? And maybe that's the best thing for him. Man, the best thing is to know that my parents love me, even though you know, in the midst of the scrutiny of my community. So. Taking a year off. I mean, you don't have to go anywhere. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's you know, but it's it's trusting the Lord with radical path. I mean, or or unusual paths is it's hard. I mean, I'm not not here to say it's not not hard. I love what you said about um, they expose the chinks in your armor. Yeah. <laughs> I could totally relate to that. And remembering not to react because one child now we have the control issue, mm-hmm. and I'm giving him control, like you said, when I'm losing control. Mm-hmm. <coughs> I'm mm-hmm. a control freak, and this is just, this <laughs> teenagers are just, yeah, it, it I, I'm so out of my element. And, yeah. Um, and it, it's really hard. I mean, my oldest, you know, he looks at church as just a bunch of hypocrites. Mm-hmm. He is he is so anti-God, anti-church. Mm-hmm. And I don't, all I can do is pray for him and let him, sure. you know, right now I've just got to, if I pummel the Bible, Bible mm-hmm. down him right now, he's just going to, well, I, I just, ha- I guess, I just have to show by example. And well, he's, he, you know, he's right. Church is a bunch of hypocrites, you know, and and that's 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 why we come is because we are, because we're not perfect, you know, and we need a, we need a, a savior. Um, that's that's the error is thinking that Christians think that, they, and some do, but um, but true Christianity is about weakness, not about yeah. perceived strength. But well, it's, it's a Right now, he sees. But it's not the final word over him. Mm-hmm. So they can be, you know, that's all he sees mm-hmm. right now. And he's, mm-hmm. um, yeah. And I, and I, I, you know, I said you're gonna have to figure this out yourself. Mm-hmm. And you will. Mm-hmm. You'll come around. But it's gonna be on me. You know, I decide. And the other thing, raising these teenagers, mm-hmm. and I, so off the charts on the. I mean, I just is trying to show, trying to have some consistency mm-hmm. in the whole household and have a, a structure. Yeah. Because they need structure. Mm-hmm. They need structure when they're little too. But yeah. when they're teenagers and they're, you know, rebelling against me as a parent and mm-hmm. testing my limits, I could handle them testing limits when they were little. I mm-hmm. could figure that out. But this teenagers and testing limits and I'm, Trying hard to try to show some consistency mm-hmm. and structure just in the whole household. Yeah, and that—that's what I'm struggling with. Well, um, God bless you. You're not alone in that struggle. Um, <laughs> I'm so tired. And uh, I—I do think that that gr- you know having that group of of you know fellow fellow strugglers to come around and 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 being careful is not a complaint group, but it's it's it really is a prayer group and and uh, of mutual um, encouragement is I think very helpful. I think it's very hard to find those people. It is. You have to choose them wisely. A judgmental society. Yeah, you have you to choose know. them wisely. I um I would hope that your church would be a, a good place. It's certainly you know we're people too. So um, but uh but yeah, I mean that this you're right. It's uh um it is judgmental, but a lot of times we have to just we have to risk it. And sometimes we have to just we have to walk through being judged a couple of times before we find that person. But um, but yeah, I mean I think I do think having those Christian friends is very very important. Mm-hmm. Rule follower at my house too, and um, my difficult child is my elder child. So now all of you who know me know mm-hmm. that. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I have, and it's just by the grace of God. It's nothing I've done. A lot of prayer and God's grace. Um, just like God pursued Adam in the garden, I have sort mm-hmm. of felt called to pursue my son. Mm-hmm. And now that he's almost 15 years old, he's starting to be able to manage those emotions that they don't really know what to do with when they're younger, and they can talk about them. Um, so just a word of encouragement, and, and I think it's scriptural to pursue our children, not just for them to love the Lord, mm-hmm. but in, in everything. Yeah. Pursue them in everything. Well, and I, I think, too, I mean, just to know, just because they are not what you think they ought to be right now doesn't mean that you're failing as a as a parent you know that's um 
you know, there might be some te- technique things that you can do differently, and, and there's no problem in trying those out. But um, I think sometimes you know, books and techniques and things like that can be really helpful. But um, but it is critically important to know that just because they're a slob now who doesn't seem to care about anything doesn't mean that the Lord doesn't have control over their life. I mean, He's going to... You, you say your prayers and you try to create that con- consistency in your own life and then in the atmosphere of your home and let you know let him handle the rest you you've got to interact with him you've got to try to get him to college you got to do those things but at the end of the day the Lord's going to use their strength and their weakness and um, and you know one of the things that I has been such an encouragement to me you know, um, is to hear Frank Limehouse's testimony that his his own father did not come to Christ until he was 90 years old. And the reason that that's a, a testament, an encouragement to me is because I just think about how, you know, at 90 years old, his parents were certainly dead, and probably his brothers and sisters and aunts, and, all, and you know, everybody who wanted that, him to come to Christ as a, you know, young man in the, in the South, and he didn't. At 90 years old, he's, you know, the Lord called him at that point. So even even those parents never, you know, died, never knowing, because um, because his parents were Christians, um, they'll see him in, in heaven. I mean, so that's it's not the final word, and it's just very hard. If we need our children to be a certain way in order for our own peace, in order to have our own peace, then it's very likely they won't be that way. Um, if Jesus is our peace, then come what may, however our kids are, then we are free to love them. Um, but like I said, it's true, but it's not easy. Okay. Anything else? I could have used this 10 years ago. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of have yeah. come to that yeah. conclusion, but uh, my eldest is the challenge. Yeah. I get, and I guess, and, and I'm so thankful for that. And I don't want to, and I want to lift that up and be so excited. But it, the, the form, it's not the formula that works. It's, it's, I mean, like even if she didn't, or even if she cycles back out, like the gospel is still true f- for you and over her. You know, so, um, so regardless of where, it, where, it, how it happens and when it happens, and in, in whether we can see it in our child's life. <laughs> Father, um, <laughs> thank you that you have given yourself to us as a father, as a, as a parent, and uh, that you have given us an elder brother in Jesus Christ who, uh, who is somehow you also and, and has taken upon your own judgment upon himself that, that we might be free to love the unlovable as we have been loved. And, um, and so God, I just ask, I pray for our, our kids, I pray for... I pray for success, I pray for faith, I pray for health and wealth and service and um, 
but I, I pray for faith in just in this room and um, that we would know you and love you and need you above all our other needs. Uh, and the fact that our needs um, would fade away into trust um, in, in you. We ask, God, that you would um, so speak to us and so enliven us by your Spirit. Um, that we would be free to love our uh, spouses and ex-spouses and our kids. And um, just ask, God, that you would um, watch over us and draw us to yourself and give us faith uh, more and more. Help us to see the implications of the gospel uh, in our lives. And we ask that in Jesus' name. Amen.